Ridiculous. Welcome to Ridiculous, an extensive look into the world of Harry Potter. I'm Samantha. I'm Julia. And I'm Robin. And we're digging deeper into a world we love to learn more about the wizarding world. Okay, welcome back. We are doing J.K. Rowling, Rowling, however you feel the need to pronounce it. Rolling, Rowling. Rolling. See me rolling. I hate you. Trying to so, catch me bad and dirty. Okay, sorry. Okay, listen now. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, you. Oh, you're not. Okay, so we, our big announcement is today. It is. It is today. Are you ready? I don't know, Robin. Are you ready? I am so ready. I can't wait. I'm I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm pretty excited. Or do you want to say it? Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? I don't care. You you can say it. It was your idea. You, it was, you say it. Okay. So we are introducing a new podcast member and people. Hold on to your hats. It is Miss Julia St. John. Jules is now going to be part of the podcast weekly. Yay! Yay. Welcome, Welcome, Jules. Yay, I'm so excited. Uh, We had a blast when we we interviewed you. So I I said to Sam, I said, we just need to add her. Just let's add her. (laughs) Well, I I think it's going to be great to be here. I think it's going to be great, too. Yeah. And it kind of it it not only like I, I loved when it was just you and me, but it like it's gonna break up the workload. It's gonna create more more out more opinions on the Potter world. I mean, this is yes, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, is, there'll be Potter. more interaction as to you know more theories and stuff and headcanon yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, more discussion, I think. Yeah, then, yeah. yeah. And then I'm not texting you guys Monday morning saying, wait a minute, you forgot this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can call us out right then and there, Jules. <laughs> exactly. Which we just talked about in that in the last episode, which will go up later today. And I was like, here it is. This is the one that Jules was yelling at her podcast. <laughs> I was like, Jules calls me out a lot. So Jules can keep me in check now. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. I'm pretty excited. Now, uh, I do want to throw out there, bear with us, guys. It's, it's for 30, 29 episodes. It's just been me and Robin having a conversation. So get used to or get work with us while we get used to making this a, a podcast with three hosts. So, yeah, it's going to be it was trial and error on the first couple, and now it's going to be trial and error again. We've got, got to yeah. get, get things situated. Yep. <laughs> All right. We don't have anything to catch up on, right? We're all still stuck in our houses. Yep. Well, I'm not stuck. I'm actually not stuck. Amy's working today. She's at work on a Sunday. So, got it. So, Jules, have you been binge watching Netflix? Um, sort of. Oh, okay. We'll do, okay, do we want to do like a, like a little, a cute little section while we're in quarantine? Be like, what's been keeping you busy this week? Yeah, no kidding. Right. I just started, are you guys ready? Are you sitting down? Yeah. Yeah. I just restarted watching Parking Wars. I love oh, that show. Love that show. 
God, I love it. And I found it on Amazon Prime. It's free. Do what? What are you talking about? Parking Wars. Have you never seen Parking Wars? Oh. Do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. yeah. Girl, find it. It's hysterical. It's yeah. so funny. And they're in Pennsylvania. They're in Philadelphia. Oh lord! And then they have, uh, so, then they go to Detroit. But right now, they're the the first couple of seasons. They're in Philadelphia, and it is funny. Oh my god, these people are they get so mad. It's like I paid all my parking tickets. No, nah, you didn't pay nothing, man. We got you. <laughs> yeah. Take that car and tow it. Oh boy, I watched. Um, I love it. I watched Tiger King. Last week. Oh, oh, God. My God. oh, God. oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, and I, if you don't know. Tiger King from now on. Oh, God. If you don't know, I just saw this yesterday. Joe Exotic has got the coronavirus. He caught it in prison. I saw that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh God! Carol that, that did it. I'm telling you, she she fed her husband. I don't care what anybody says. She fed her husband to tigers. She, she killed her husband. I I totally yeah. believe it. I totally. Yeah. I, I I she looks like she's that kind of woman. Right, and her like, new husband, he's like all kinds of in love. I'm like, you better watch out, buddy. She might stick your ass in the tiger too. <laughs> I mean, he let her put a leash on him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, when they did. Oh yeah, that's right. That that. Yeah. 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 That was so weird. God, the, t- the Tiger King. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have oh thought? The, that the I'm, entire world, the entire world is like fascinating. And they're supposed to be coming out with another an extra episode. special episode. Yeah. Oh, I'm all for it. So, oh Randall, my God. Robin, Doc Antle. Yeah. Did you just call me Randall? I did because I'm getting ready to go into a story about Randall. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. So, um, Doc Antle, you know he's in Myrtle Beach, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Randall and I were like, let's take a drive to Myrtle Beach. So I think Randall and I are going to go down there at some point. Uh, no, don't. <laughs> I want to. Expensive is to get oh, in, do you know how expensive it is to get into those places? That's what we were talking about. We have like, one right here. We have a tiger sanctuary here. Do we? Yeah, it's in Pittsburgh. You'll have to, like, send me some information on that, because I'm all about yeah, that. Yeah, and you, um, I don't think you get out of the car. I think you drive through. But it's a oh, tiger, it's, it's, like, it's a big cat sanctuary. I believe it's in Pittsburgh. There's yeah, a... Please don't go give that man money. Uh, he's okay. just as bad. Right. I know. I know, but, like, he has elephants. We have two... He has a harem that work 16 <laughs> hours a day. What, uh, what is that about? For like $10. People, I know. Oh my God. That was it's sad. Max, call that out. Oh, you yeah. missed it earlier. Jules, mine were just a barking, just a going to town. Oh, I don't know what he's barking at. Lord. Robin couldn't figure out what hers were barking at either, so it's okay. Nothing. Nothing. They weren't barking at There was nothing out there. Well, like so, my husband's like, uncle lives next door to us, and he's um, replacing the flooring in the one bedroom, which is like nearest to our house. And I think that's why Max is barking because he can hear oh, the he pounding. Yeah, yeah. Hammer. yeah. 
So, like, so the house on the left side of me has a dog. The house on the right side of me has two dogs. And the house on the uh, side of them has a dog. So, so my, like, whole street right here, it's like the twilight mark. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. It's, it's okay. I mean, because like Bella, the neighbor's dog, like if I'm in the other room of the attic and she sees me, she like loses it and then it's all downhill from there. So. Oh, my neighbor across the street, she's got uh, a pit, a pit mix. No, two, two pits. And then a, and then a, he doesn't, I don't think he has any pit in him. He's like a blue healer i don't know what he is but anyway they're they're sweet dogs boy they're she's doing um putting flagstone down mm-hmm. and uh she said come, come over um or she asked if i was working and i said yeah this is last saturday and the next saturday um i won't be working which will when this airs that'll be the first saturday that i've had off in i don't know how long months and um close to a year i guess yeah, anyway, been looking for a new employee for that long, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I went over there. Uh, she asked Amy to come help her. So Amy was over there. So I go. I go over there to see what they're doing. Of course, the dogs are out, and these animals are so strong; it is unbelievable. And they're the back of their bodies that where their tails are just a wagon. And I put my hand in, and I pulled my hand out where they were at to pet them, and it was covered in nasty slobber. That's how I was like, Oh, I love you guys, but y'all got to stop. That's just disgusting. So, anyway, she goes, oh, Are you going to help me with this when Amy's at work? And I was like, No, no. She goes, well, Why? I said, Because I don't do outside stuff. That's why I married a lesbian. That's a natural <laughs> habitat for a lesbian is outdoors work. And I ain't a natural outdoor lesbian. Telling you. That's why I married one. Oh I don't do that stuff, man. I'd rather be inside. I uh-uh. No. Yeah, keep it to yourself. I got nothing. Oh I got nothing God. for you. I'm allergic uh-uh. to grass. So like like my husband Ooh, like he has love that. like my husband, like when he mows the grass, he has to literally go straight to the shower. Cause if he comes yeah. anywhere near me, like I'll start to itch and like we have to shut really? all the windows. Well, yeah. that's not- <laughs> so I get all the windows. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. That's not that's not good. Yeah, I get like that with pine. Anytime I'm near pine, like I it's horribly, horribly bad. Amy's allergic to pine too, but she don't care. She's out there with the trees and stuff. I've had it. God bless her because I can't. I, I turned into a big baby. I have to go take two Benadryl and lay down because I'm done. Mm-mm. I just don't want to be out in it. I just don't. I'd rather be in the house. Now, look, I mean, up. this is the time of the year that I'm totally cool with like being outside. Like, it's nice weather. The copperheads haven't popped up yet. I mean, I'm happy. If I'm gonna be outside, I'm gonna be running, and that's it. I'm not gonna be outside digging in no earth. No, thank you. If I'm running, y'all better be running too. <laughs> I mean, I'm I did text Robin there one day. It was probably like our first seven eighty degree day of the year, and I was like, Robin, look, I'm running again. Robin, that was the last day I ran. <laughs> well, now it's getting it's getting back up to that seventy degree weather, and you can start running again. So I, I am starting my my new, um, it's not a diet, but my new way of eating today. So I might as well, my logo run again. Girl, so I have, 
I, I keep I keep getting started and then I drop off and then started and drop off and I said, all right, I made a promise to myself. If I run every day for the entire week, I get to have a Sir Pizza on Friday. I'm so excited. And guess what? I've run two days in a row. Tomorrow will be three. You right. That is my motivation is to have a time, a small Sir Pizza all to myself. I feel like Kevin from Home Alone, a cheese pizza all to myself. <laughs> their, their small pizzas are small. They're like a personal pan. Right. But that's my going to be my reward when I run all my stuff in a row. I'm excited. Uh, hold me accountable, Robin. I'll I'll go run. If somebody is like, hey, you going to go run today? I'll be like, sure. Unless it's raining. I'll, ask you I'll send you my picture and be like, I ran today. Did you? I'll do that. <laughs> So, I, I will I will respond and I will I won't run in the morning I guarantee it because I my kid's a monster in the morning but I'll run you can get up with me and go run when I run which is Absolutely about three o'clock I know what time you get up no <laughs> don't even bother texting me because I'll say no thank you listen I mean she got the she got up this morning and I was still up so. I didn't go to bed till like probably five o'clock. Mm, I went to bed at two thirty. I was up watching my shows. What's I doing? Oh, I was so um, I was hanging out with Randall because you know it was into his birthday. So, like my husband works nights now, so he works three thirty to midnight. Even though he's working from home. Hmm. So, but like it's kind of nice to have like someone there with me, like while I'm up doing homework or whatever. Yeah, but then he'll start to, like I'll I'll try to listen to like a podcast or music, and he's like talking to me. I'm like, don't you not see that I'm busy? <laughs> so like that's like the exact opposite. Like in my household, so if Randall stays up and he's trying to like watch a YouTube video or a show or a podcast or something, and I'm over there talking to him, he's like, shut up. <laughs> I got the talking gene. Amy hates when I do that. I'll pause. We'll be watching something. I'll pause and I'll just come up with a random story. And she's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it popped into my head. I'm sorry. She's like, okay. I needed to say and then that. I'll tell it. And then I hit play again. Yep. yep. I do the same thing. Guys, are we okay. ready to talk about JK Rowling? Yes, ma'am. I am. Yes. Do it. The queen. The queen. <laughs> okay. I saw, I actually, so I found let me tell this real quick. It, it's relevant, I promise. Okay. So, okay. Um, I was trying to finish up a little bit of the doc this morning, and uh, there was a meme that popped up that said it was Stephanie Meyer that said, "I've been sent by the writing goddess to teach you all how to write." And then there was a picture of J.K. Rowling beside it and said, "I didn't send anybody." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yes." So. That's too right. far. Okay. J.K. Rowling, which technically her, it's not J.K., it's Joanne Rowling, born July 31st, 1965. I wonder Somebody who else has a birthday. I was going to say, who else has a birthday on July 31st? It's a, a Lockhart, isn't it? What? No, I'm just kidding. Did you get hit with a, a pound of I'm just kidding. Calm down. <laughs> Harry Potter, Harry Potter, who? Right. <laughs> and she was born. Do The K stands for Kathleen. Joanne Kathleen. I am doing this podcast intro. 
Let me get that to that bar. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you better watch it. We brought you in, but we can take you out. Uh, born at Yate General Hospital near Bristol and grew up in oh, Gloucestershire. Do a say it again. Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire in yeah. England and in Chepstow. Gwent in mm-hmm. Southeast Wales. Her father, Peter, was an aircraft engineer at the Rolls-Royce factory in Bristol, and her mother, Anne, was a science technician in the chemistry department at Weedon Comprehensive, where Joe herself went to school. Anne was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when Joe was a teenager and died in 1990, before the Harry Potter books were published. Joe also had a younger sister die. The young Joe grew up surrounded by books. I lived for books, she had said. I was your basic common or garden book worm, complete with freckles and a national health spectacles. Joe wanted to be a writer from an early age. She wrote her first book at the age of six, a story about a rabbit called Rabbit. At just 11, she wrote her first novel about seven cursed diamonds and the people who own them. Now that right there would be informa- That would be a book that I would want to read. I mean, that would be interesting. It needs to be published. I want to read anything that she gets her hand of it. Yeah. But because how old was she when she wrote that? Her first novel, she was 11. 11 yeah. I, I feel like that's going to be something like um, that would be maybe like released posthumously, like maybe like some of the Jane Austen stuff, because it's like it, it's precious to her. So I don't think she's going to release that, is all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Joe studied at. Exeter, Exeter. Exeter University, where she read so widely outside her French and classical syllabus that she clocked up a fine of $50 for overdue books. I'm sorry, 50 pounds for overdue books at the university library. Her knowledge of classics. Do what? Sorry, I said I've had a few like that. For books at the. Okay, not me. Yeah, I forget to, I was just like, I'm reading them and I don't want to return them yet. It's bad. (laughs) Stuff just happens. Her knowledge of classics would one day come in handy for creating the spells in the Harry Potter series, some of which are based on Latin. Her course included a year in Paris. I lived in Paris for a year as a student, she tweeted, after the 2015 terrorist attacks there. It's one of my favorite places on earth. After her degree, she moved to London and worked in a series of jobs, including one as a researcher at Amnesty International. There in my little office, I read hastily scribbled letters smuggled out to totalitarian regimes by men and women who were risking imprisonment to inform the outside world of what was happening to them. She said later, my small participation in that process was one of the most humbling and inspiring experiences of my life. Joe conceived the idea of Harry Potter in 1990 while sitting on a delayed train from Manchester to London's King Cross. Over the next five years, she began to map out all seven books of the series. She wrote mostly in longhand and gradually built up a mass of notes, many of which were scribbled on Oxford's paper. Can you imagine that? Longhand. That would be amazing. Yeah. I well, so we went this way. Like I write stuff because I I write a little bit like of, of uh, fantasy stuff, but when I write it, I write it longhand. So I relate. Wow, wow. 
Taking her notes with her, she moved to northern Portugal to teach English English as a foreign language. Married Jorge Arantes or something. I don't know. Arantes. In 1992 and had a daughter, Jessica, in 93. When the marriage ended later that year, she returned to the UK to live in Edinburgh with Jessica in a suitcase containing the first three chapters of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. In Edinburgh, Joe trained as a teacher and began teaching in the city schools, but she continued to write in every spare moment. Which they just gl- way glossed over her not having a job being and being having no money and um, writing in that little coffee shop. But you got it from her website, right? I sure did. So I think that's probably why, because we know that Joe has a history of depression, especially after her daughter, uh, or after the divorce from her husband, and she moved back to Scotland. So I, th- I wonder if that, um, if she purposely left that out of her biography. I mean, I mean, maybe, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Having completed the full manuscript, she sent the first three tra- chapters to a number of literary agents, one of whom wrote back asking to see the rest of it. She says it was the best letter I had ever received in my life. The book was first published by, by Bloomsbury Children's Books in June 1997 under the name J.K. Rowling. The case stands for Kathleen, her paternal grandmother's name. It was added at her publisher's request. She thought a book, excuse me, she thought a book by an obvious obviously female author might not appeal to the target audience of young boys. Her first novel was published in the U.S. by Scholastic under a different title, again at the publisher's request. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in 98. Six further titles followed in the Harry Potter series, each achieving record-breaking success. In 2001, the film adaptation of the first book was released by Warner Brothers and was followed by six more book adaptations, including with the release of the eighth film, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 in 2011. Um, can I add something? Sure. Um, okay. Um, I'm, I had knew this like, like, as like a random fact, but I just looked it up again. Um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone... The, it was submitted to 12 publishing houses, all of which rejected the original yeah. manuscript. Yeah. Which I guess maybe for her, from, from her website, for her biography, she's not putting the neg- negatives in there. Well, and I think that's why we have podcasts like this to discuss things like this, because, yeah. you know, Joe is... <laughs> I, I completely understand wanting to, to gloss over all the bad things in your life, but we as her fans know that like she struggled. She's a real person and, and that's what that's what we love about her. So Exactly. Well I mean the depression came I mean her husband uh, beat her. I mean yeah. he was emotionally and physically abusive to her. Yep. That's one of the reasons or uh, several of the reasons that she left mm-hmm. and divorced him. So and like it also says here, um, Rowling said that she had a crisis while writing the novel, while writing *Goblet of Fire*, and had to rewrite one chapter many times to fix a problem with the plot because she felt so much oh. pressure to like get the book out. Yeah, I haven't heard that. That's crazy. Yeah, I haven't heard that either. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. 
not awesome, but I th- that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, she, I watched an interview with Oprah, and she said, how did you write the last book? It's so long. And she said, well, I was sitting in my writing room, and the dogs were barking, and the kids were loud and yelling, and went, huh, I have enough money that I can go rent a room. And that's where she ended up going to the hotel and getting the suite and and finishing the last book in peace and quiet. The, 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 what was the hotel? Um, is it? The, it's the Belmont. Is, it Belmont? is, it, is that right? Belmont. It's, uh, it's a Scottish word. It's not Belmaro, is it? No. That's how she ended up going there is because the dogs were barking and the kids were being loud. <laughs> um, if you want to see the like inside of the room what the Balmoral has done with it now, uh, Megan and Katie Petrus of the Petrus family on YouTube have a really cool video. But, um, yeah, they did. They, they got to see it. Yeah. They, they got to walk through it. So, yeah. And uh, um, Oprah had said to her, you are a billionaire. How does it feel? And she said, it doesn't feel any different because I don't, I don't think of myself as having that money. <laughs> I know it's there, but I don't really feel like it's my money. She like fell yeah. off like the the richest people in the world list because she gave away so much of her money. So much money, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why that's that's specifically why I said I want to cover her film topic section because I just I I love that about her. Like if I had her money, I would do the same thing. Like I think it's amazing yeah. what she does. I, I think it's amazing. I mean, she did buy a castle though. Man, I gotta yeah, give her would, kudos for buying a castle. She bought Alan with castle. So I mean, so, I mean, you know. I'm all for it. Okay. Uh, let's see. She has also written two small companion volumes, which appear as the titles of Harry's school books within the novels, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and Quidditch Through the Ages, which were published in 2001 in an aid for comic relief. In 2008 of December, a third companion volume, The Tales of Beetle the Bard, was published in aid of her international children's charity, Lumos. And by the way, Audible just sent out an email that um, the tales of Beetle the Bard is now available on Audible, read by several different, um, and I think I deleted it because, let me look it up real quick. It's got several different actors reading it. Yeah, like Ivana Lynch, um, Jude Law. Oh, did you find it? Well, I didn't find it. I just kind of knew off the top of my head. Is that the one that Andrew Lincoln does? No. No, he does footage through the ages. Okay. Uh, Warwick Davis, Noma, Dumb... Dumbazweeny, I don't know how to say that, I'm sorry. Jason Isaacs, Jude Law, Ivana Lynch, Sally Mortimer, Bonnie Wright are the narrators. They're all the actors. Yeah. Yeah. Who's Sally Mortimer and who is Noma Dumb? Noma is is the the original Hermione in Cursed Child. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. From the play. Yeah, the the very first Hermione. That they did in London. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Sally Mortimer yeah. is Irma Pence. Madam Pence. Yeah, Madam Pence. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. He really I could not have picked a more. What? what? I say, I, I've never used Audible, but just for like that, I might just sign up. Girls, let awesome. me tell you about Audible. I love Audible. Love it. This is ours. They should, they they should sponsor, sponsor it. Because I'm going to. I'm going to give them a free pitch right now. So literally, I have my Alexa hooked up, and I'm like, she's going to, I'd be like, hey, Alexa, play Drums of Autumn on Audible, and she'll just turn it on. But then I listen to, so I listen to that book, and then I'll go back and forth with an, another book that I have in Audible. So that way I can read four books at one time and only actually have to pick up two. Sweet. Yeah. That's my Raven. That's awesome. I love Audible because I've got I, I have so much stuff on Audible, and you can put it on your iPhone, and then you can take it off if you need to take it off. You, as a member, instead of paying twenty one twenty one to thirty five dollars per book, you have a flat fee that you pay monthly. And even if you and cancel it, you keep your book. book. You get to keep it just yeah. as long as you keep your account open. No, no. I, I closed my account last summer. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. What I'm saying is I had four accounts at one time mm-hmm. and I lost a bunch of books because two of the accounts got canceled. Oh, uh, well, so you can like. You can only have two accounts. You can only have two accounts per person. I well, found that out by accident. Yeah. But so, but like if you, um, like as long as you can still log into Audible, you can still have your books. Yes, yeah. right. And they won't can- they won't cancel your login. They just will stop. Uh, you can stop uh, payment to stop it, and payment, you still get to keep your books. Right, right. Yeah. Which is what I did. Yeah. But I I had done uh, I it was when I was going through my divorce and I had like four accounts and they were like, no, nah, you can't do this, and so I got screwed. But that's you know whatever. So during this quarantine, I'm actually um, about to restart my subscription because I have ran through every book on my Audible list already. So, so. Oh, Smith is bored, y'all. Um, at the bottom of the doc, I added the link for the Audible affiliate, and we can check it out later. Sweet. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. In 2012, uh, Miss Joe did. Digital compute, digitals. La, 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 la. Hold on. In 2012, J.K. Rowling's digital company Pottermore was launched, which became Wizarding World Digital in 2019, which is an absolute travesty. In my Pottermore Publishing continues to be the global digital publisher of Harry Potter, Fantastic Beast, and The Wizarding World. Also in 2012, she published her first novel for for divorce, pardon me, for adults, The Casual Vacancy, which has now been translated into 44 languages and adapted for for TV by the BBC in 2015. I have The Casual Vacancy downloaded from Audible and have yet to listen to it. I I have the actual book, but I haven't, like, I tried reading it, but I'm so, like, stuck in Potter that I can't. Like, read it as, like, a normal book. Unless it's, what? um, historical fiction, I probably won't pick it up. Because I, I have a very set, like, way I read. I read Harry Potter and historical fiction, and that's it. Oh. <laughs> well, I've got it on Audible, and I, and I listen to that as I run. So, eventually, I'll probably get to it, so. Yeah. 
when I do, I'll let you know how it goes. You shall. Under the, yeah. Under the pseudonym Robert Robert Galbraith. Yeah. J.K. Rowling also writes crime novel crime novels featuring private detective Corman Strike. The first of these, The Cuckoo's Calling, was published to critical acclaim in 2013, at first without its author's true identity being known. The Silkworm followed in 14, Career of Evil in 15, and Lethal White in 18. All are published by Little Brown. The first three books have been adapted for a major television series for the BBC One, produced by Bronte Film and Television and Lethal White is in production. Now, see, that's interesting, and I may have to look at those books, because I like crime books. I probably watched the show. Uh, Who, who's squeaking? What is that? Hey, it's gotta me. Be Sam. I was say, it's gotta be Sam. <laughs> Yeah, it's me. Are you squeaking in my chair? I am squeaking in your chair. You might need to get like some oil and well, like uh, the, feel that. The problem is, is like I'm, I'm up and down. Like I've been kind of walking around because I'm like I don't know. I just I don't want to sit today, so it's me sitting down and standing up. If you hear it, oh, okay. No, I just hear the squeaking. I don't hear you like getting up and sitting down. Well, that's good. I'm glad because I'm I've been kind of pacing so. Okay, so her Harvard commencement speech was published in 2015 as an illustrated book, Very Good Lives, The Fringe Benefits of Failure and the Importance of Imagination, and are sold in aid of Lumos and the university-wide financial aid at Harvard. In 2016, she collaborated with playwright Jack Thorne and director John Tiffany on the original new story for the stage, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child Parts 1 and 2, opened, opened in London and is now playing in the U.S. and Australia. The script book was published to mark the play's opening in July 2016 and instantly topped the bestsellers list. I'm going to throw my headcanon in here. Voldemort. Baltimore did not have intercourse with Bellatrix. That is literally why I raised my hand because I knew it was coming. Jules, you get to be our tiebreaker. And now, even if you decide with Robin, you're both still wrong. So go ahead. See, I'm not a fan of Cursed Child, but JK did say that it's canon. So I'm sort of inclined to, to believe her. But I really don't yeah. think I don't I don't think she's like a product of love. Um, here's I think the problem more... that I ha- here's the problem that I have with this. This is the problem that I have with it. He had already made the Horcruxes, so he knew he was invincible, that he wasn't going to die. So if you are in that mindset, why would you have sex to procreate to extend your line? That makes no sense whatsoever. My thing, well, like my sort of headcanon is that because Voldemort knew that Dumbledore was onto him and that eventually they would have figured out the secret of the Horcruxes. Not till the end of the book, though. He didn't realize that until the very end of the book. Well, in the movies, yes, he knew that there were Horcruxes, but it, in the book, he didn't. He didn't know until the very end. Well, Dumbledore, like, was beginning the search during Half-Blood Prince. Yes, but he didn't, but Voldemort didn't know that. He didn't know that until the very right. end of, so, so that, that's a contradiction. 
in his thought process. That's just me. I mean, I know some people think, well, yeah, she's his daughter, whatever. I don't. I think, yeah. I agree with the cursed child in every aspect except for that part right there. So is it crazy? Um, has has the love potion been ruled out at all? Oh, that Bella would head but, that on him? Yeah. Because he doesn't, you're right. I, I mean, Delphi is not a child of love. We all know that. But, like, that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean much, you know? Because he was a child of, of, of a love potion. But so, I feel like I mean, he would be resistant to a love potion because of that. I do, too. Well, not only that, her, her, I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that why would you say he's resistant to love like, Because that? he was conceived under one, and he doesn't understand what love is. Okay. So it wouldn't work on him. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. I think that I would know. be its own episode. Uh, yeah. We're planning on doing that. Yeah, because I have another theory. Like, I'm going to go write it down so I don't forget it, though. So. <laughs> okay. So do you do you think Jules that Delphi is his child that he would say okay let me procreate so that I've at least got lineage? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> but like the scientific part of me wants to say yes, but, but I don't know. So my thought process is like Voldemort was he was not entirely dumb, right? Like you you don't create horcruxes by being stupid. So my thought process is like, what if Justin somewhere in the back of his mind is like, okay, well I'm not gonna die, but what if I want to one day? Or maybe like what if I don't know. Maybe maybe there was just some thought process there that was like maybe I should have a well the problem the problem is she's not Bellatrix is not pregnant at the end of the book obviously because she dies so she had to have this kid either at the very very beginning of the Deathly Hallows so when they went to go when they attacked the school in the Half-Blood Prince she had to have been pregnant during that time so at the beginning so somewhere within the half-blood prince they had sex or because we don't hear about Voldemort during Order of the Phoenix not until the end right correct. not until the very end right and so so I but he's hunting but he's look but yeah we don't know what he's doing right and like like we see Bellatrix at the ministry so she could be pregnant then, have the baby, you know, ha- halfway through Half Blood Prince, and then show up at the end. No, because it, it was, uh, I believe it came from Jill that said she was creating, she either gave birth while uh, they were they were in Malfoy Manor. Before yeah, that's when she gave birth. Yeah. Because yeah. Delphi says it in the play. She was like, I, 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 was um she gave birth while she was in Malfoy Manor and that's where I was raised. Okay, yeah. I knew I read it somewhere. I think I think that's right. I have to reread it. But I believe that's what she says in the play. I think she says that in the play. Okay. That, I anyway. think that, 
<laughs> that would definitely be maybe two episodes on its own. Oh, yeah. I mean, Robin, me and you alone could have two episodes on that. I mean, oh my you God, I, I know. It's I crazy. Probably on both sides of the line when it comes to that topic. So. Yeah, because, well, according I to the just... wiki, it says she was born sometime in 1998. So it had to have been. Before May, obviously. Yeah. Right. So. I guess it would depend on how long we were, like, in Malfoy Manor. Uh, well, they were in Malfoy for that almost that whole year, right? I believe. Yeah. Okay. In 2016, J.K. made her screenwriting debut with the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them film, a further extension of the Wizarding World, which was released to critical acclaim in November of 2016. This is the first in a series of new adventures featuring Magizoologist. Do it. Say it. Magizoologist. Just Newt Scamander and set before the time of Harry Potter. I also I need a I need a correction. It's uh fantastic animals and where they may lie. Or imaginary animals. I thought animals. Imaginary, imaginary animals. Get it right, man. It's your it's your man. Get it right, man. Listen, I try not to get it right when he comes out of his mouth. <laughs> never know what he's gonna uh, say. The second in the series, The Crimes of Grindelwald, was released in 2018, and the third installment is due in 2021. Yay! Maybe. About about freaking time. Well, Corona may may delay it, so. Rona canceled everything. That's true. true. Nobody's filming. Nobody can film. Rona can fight Uh, Sorry. The screen <laughs> the screenplays were published to coincide with each film release, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and The Grindel Crimes of Grindelwald. JK has been married to Dr. Neil Murray since 2001. They live in Edinburgh with their son David and daughter Mackenzie. So I just want to so point out she really has quickly, three children. She has three. Interesting. Her last two her children have typical Scottish names in the sense that um her daughter is I think it's like Mc here. I can pull it up really quick. They, but they, it's Mac Kenzie, M A C K E N Z I E. Mac yeah. Kenzie. It's the Scottish, not Mackenzie, but Mac Kenzie. It's the Scottish version. Yeah. So yeah. her daughter's name is Mackenzie Jean Rowling Dave Murray, and her son is Gordon David Rowling Murray. So they have traditional scottish names in the sense that they carry their mother's maiden name as well as their father's sweet so yep and her first daughter is what what is her first daughter jessica isabella oh she carries rawling as well so rawling arianta or jules how'd you say that hello yeah did we lose her oh no sorry sorry my daughter came over to me so i paused my mic um uh her daughter's last name a r how did you say it arentas no i think that's right i think you're correct yeah yeah so yeah that's that's her children okay so do we want to do these honor and awards there is a lot of them bad boys um i would just say pick out like the big ones right like the you may highlight the big ones actually there's a i can only pull out maybe like two 
All right, I'll just read them. Okay. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Ripple of Hope Award, Companion of Honor for Services to Lit- Literature and Philanthropy, a Penn P.E.N. America Literary Service Award, Freedom of the City of London, Hans Christian Andersen Award. Woohoo! Hans Christian yeah. Andersen. Thank you for the little uh, and, Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Chevalier de la Legine. Legion d'honneur. I don't know. That's French. It's French. Lifetime Achievement Award, British Book Awards, South Bank Show Award for Outstanding Achievement, James Joyce Award, University College Dublin, the Edinburgh Award, Commencement Day Speaker, Harvard University, Blue Peter Gold Badge, W.H. Smith Fiction Award, Prince of... Austria, Austria's award for Concord. No, Prince of Austria's award for Concord, Spain, Order of the British Empire, Children's Book of the Year, British Book Awards, and the Best Selling Bestsellers Association Author of the Year. In 2004, Forbes named Rowling as the first person to become a U.S. dollar billionaire by writing books. The second richest female entertainer and the 1062nd richest person in the world. She disputed the calculations and said she had plenty of money but was not a billionaire. In 2016, Sunday's Times Rich List estimated Rowling's fortune at 600 billion pounds, million pounds, ranking her as the joint 197th richest person in the UK. In 2012, Forbes Forbes removed her from their rich list, claiming that her $160 million in charitable donation and the high tax rate in the UK meant she was no longer a billionaire. In February of 2013, she was assessed as the 13th most powerful woman in the United Kingdom by Woman's Hour on the BBC radio. She acquired the courtesy title of Laird of Killachassie? Yes. In 2001. What is that? Laird? Uh, Of Killachassie? Killachassie would be the place. Laird would be like the title. So like, it's a really old title. Um, You... it meant a lot more back when, like, the Highland, like, Scottish Highlands had, like, oh, okay. yeah, oh, okay. like, clans. Like, so, like, I'm from Clan McPherson, so, like, Laird of Clan McPherson. I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, it, this was in 2001 when she purchased the historic Killachassi House and its surrounding estate situated on the banks of the River Tye near Aberfeldy in Perth and Kinross. Rolling on also owns a 4.5 million pound Georgian house in Kensington, West London, on the street with 24 hour security. In 2017, her worth was an estimated 650 million pounds, according to the Sunday Times Rich List. She was named the most highly paid author in the world with earnings of 72 million pounds a year by Forbes, which was 95 million dollars. That's that poo crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Guys, I am super excited about this. Like, I don't know if you can tell, but I don't I don't know why, but like 
Joe's giving spirit, like literally just, it just warms my heart. Like, and I think, I, I do, I think it's because of like the charities that she loves and the charities she focuses on are child-based and that, I don't know, that just has a, a huge, huge role in my life. Yeah. So, um, as for uh, what she's done in 2000, she established the Wallet Charitable Trust. Um, it uses its annual budget of 5.1 million pounds to combat poverty and social inequality. The fund also gives um, to organizations that aid children, one parent families, and multiple sclerosis research. Um. Rowling, she was, uh, like we said, at one point she was a single mother. Um, she's now the president of the charity Gingerbread. I'll tell you a little bit more about each of these charities um, when I get kind of down towards the end of the section. But um, So originally the Gingerbread charity was called One Parent Families. Um, she became their first ambassador in 2000. She actually currently serves as the honorary president to Gingerbread. Um. Joe collaborated with Sarah Brown to write a book of children's stories to aid gingerbread. In 2001, the UK anti-poverty fundraiser Comic Relief asked uh, three best-selling British authors, including Joe, to submit booklets related to their most famous works for publication. Rawlings two booklets, which were Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. They went on sale in March of 2001 and since then have raised £15.7 million for the fund and £10.8 million um, for outside of the UK. Um, that money has been channeled into a new uh, fund. It's called Fund for Children and Young People in Crisis. Uh, in 2002, Joe published a forward to Magic, an anthology of fiction published by Bloomsbury Publishing to help raise money for the National Council of One Parent Families. In 2005, uh, Joe and Emma Nicholson founded the Children's High Level Group, which is now called Lumos. Um, in January 2008, Joe went to Bucharest uh, to highlight the use of 2006. Did I say eight? Yes. My bad. Sorry. 2006. That's okay. I just wanted to make sure that I was reading that correctly. <laughs> you did. In my, my brain did not. Okay. Um, so okay. <laughs> in 2006, she went to Bucharest to highlight the use of caged beds in mental, mental institutions for children. How disgusting is that? Caged beds for children in mental institutions. I I just I can't. I don't I don't know why anybody would be so mean to a child. I just I know you're going through this right now, Sam, with your little DJ, and I I just don't know how people can be so mean to kids. I don't. They're just innocent. They're innocent. They're innocent babies. I don't know. I don't get it. I hate it. Like I just. Ooh. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a special place yeah. in hell for people like that. The ninth and, people, and people who, who abuse those who can't defend themselves, like with yeah, yeah, elderly, uh, and mental, people and, mental, and, and uh, mentally challenged. people with mental issues. Yeah, uh, 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 I don't get it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, so to further support the children's high level group, Rowling um, auctioned one of several handwritten and illustrated copies of the tales of Beetle and Bard. Um, the book was purchased for 1.95 million pounds on Amazon on December 13th, 2007. It became the most expensive modern book ever sold in an auction. I don't know if that still holds true 
Um, but for 2007, it sure was. If you have that kind of money to buy a little tiny book with her signature on it, you need to be. You have too. You have too much money. You need to be <laughs> taking a lesson from Joe and. And you need to be giving that money to help people. You're exactly right. I will have to say, I do have to say, like the reason it was purchased and the the, the therefore use of the 1.95 million dollars, I'm okay with it because it went to a charity. So, I I I agree. But if you got that kind of money, it should have been going to a charity to begin with. Yeah, you should have done it to start with. But it's okay. I mean, like I said, people are people. We have let let's move on because Samantha will will break it all down the way that economy in the United States is wrong and the distribution of wealth is wrong. So continue it. Tangent. Yeah. Tangent. I know I'm trying. I'm going. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I told you it would be bad. All right. So Joe gave away the remaining six copies to those who have a close connection with the Harry Potter books. In 2008, Joe agreed to publish the book with the proceeds going to Lumos. On June 1st, 2010, Lumos launched an annual initiative, Light a Birthday Candle for Lumos. Uh, In November 2013, Joe handed over all earnings from the sale of the Beetle of the Bard, totaling 19 million pounds. In July 2012, Joe was featured at the 2012 Summer Olympic opening ceremony in London, where she read a few lines from J.M. Barry's Peter Pan uh, as part of a tribute to the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children, an inflatable representation of Lord Voldemort and the other children's literary character characters accompanied her reading. So this is the part that I'm excited about because I love... I love these charities she's picked. They each kind of have a special place. Um, and you can, you can see where they fit in her life and how, you know, they've affected her. Uh, so Gingerbread, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, Joe has supported Gingerbread since 2000. She was their first ambassador. She's now their president. Um, Gingerbread campaigns on behalf of single parents as well as <laughs> providing expert advice and practical support. Um what I'll do is I'll compile a list of like these organizations um, websites and I'll post them in the group. So if you are interested, you can, you can go there. Um, so book aid international. Sorry, I'm trying to open up this. So what this does, um, they will send books it says they, in an average year we send, or we make books available to an estimated 28 million people, libraries, schools, universities, hospitals, refugee camps, and prisons around the world. So to under, to people who aren't necessarily able to get them on their own, um, people in third world countries and things like that. Um, I love this article right here. So back in 2006, Joe donated a hand-drawn printing of the House of Black to um, to Book Aid so that they could auction it. Um, do you guys want to take a guess of who bought this family tree? Gary Oldman. Nope. <laughs> Robin, you got a guess? Well, I actually just went to the bathroom, so I'm lost. Oh, okay. Where are we? <laughs> um, so in 2006, uh, Joe had a hand-drawn painting of the House of Black, uh, and she donated it to Book Aid, and like so that they could auction it off in a charity auction. Do you know who bought the book? 
or the Bellatrix. Uh uh-uh. uh. It was Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, really? He really did. That's awesome. His mother had to had to place the bid for him because he was too young. <laughs> yeah. He, in, corona. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Um, so I had a little frog in my throat. Ribbit. Um. So in that same auction, Dan also bought a short stopping play entitled "Murder" and a humorous piece on writing for nine hundred and eighty dollars. So between the, he bought three things. He spent. He roughly spent. $34,000 in this charity auction. Wow. Young Daniel Radcliffe did that. Okay. I started tearing up this morning when I was reading about this one. So if I do that again, please just ignore me and continue. Um, okay. So the Katie Hotch Foundation. I think a lot of us who are... Um, who are fans of, of Harry Potter and, and Joe, we know on some level about Katie. Um, even if you don't know her name, I feel like you'll know the story. So what the Katie Hotch Foundation is, is um, it, it's a little girl. She was diagnosed with, um, I think she had, I, I, I don't want to say what kind of cancer she had. Cause um, I know it won't be right. But anyway, she ended up, up dying of cancer. Um, it's an all volunteer organization. Oh, I know, I know the story. You do, yeah. Everybody does. I think so. it's, yeah. So, um, let me get into to the the story. I'm just gonna read it straight from the Katie Hot Foundation website. So, J.K. Rowling, or as Katie used to refer to her as my friend Joe. Where's my Kleenex? I'm gonna cry already. Oh, God, oh, God. oh you're gonna make me cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. JK's relationship with Katie began with an email from Joe. It progressed to a friendship with multiple emails being sent across from, across the ocean. Katie received gifts from Joe, including a stuffed animal cat and an owl. Katie sent Joe chocolate, frog truffles, and a magic wand. The two shared stories about what was going on. Katie told Joe about her treatments in New York City while Joe... Well, Joe shared what it was like to be working on book four of the Harry Potter series. Their relationship brought so much joy to Katie. She loved seeing Joe's email pop up on the page and couldn't wait to tell her about her Harry Potter birthday party or her Siberian husky named Potter Gryffindor. But there came a time when I had to tell Joe that Katie's cancer had spread to her brain. And we yeah. God dang it. <laughs> We only had a few weeks left with her. Joe's response was to ask if she could call her home and to read to, to read to Katie from the yet unpublished book four. Katie loved those calls. She curled up on the couch with her stuffed owl and stuffed cat and listened intently as Joe read to her from Scotland. When Joe learned that Katie had died, she told us that she was crying so hard. The flowers she sent said that Katie was braver than Harry. Joe said that Katie left footprints on her heart, and I believe her because in the 17 years since Katie passed away, she has continued to support the Katie Hodge Foundation. It started with a donation of $100,000, and every time we have requested a signed book to auction off, the answer has been yes. The magic of Harry Potter continues to grace our lives because J.K. Rowling is the true magician. She's her generosity to make a difference. The world is a better place because of Katie and Joe's friendship. And I am not okay. <laughs> Sorry. 
I gotta get a tissue. <laughs> okay. Woo. All right. Let me regroup here. Mm. Okay. Moving on. All right. So Joe supports Dyslexia Action. It is the UK's biggest dyslexia char- charity. Uh, dyslexia. Who, who's driving the engine? Uh, yeah, it's me. Is it bad? You can hear it. It sounds like you have a car. It's in your, in your computer. Uh, trust me, I know. Is it, what is it? Is it? Are they working on a car? The truck. He's trying to keep the... It's burning rich, so he's trying to, like... I don't know. He's trying to do something with it. Okay, I was just curious. I didn't know what was going on. I was just wondering. Yeah, if it's... that's something where everybody knows. <laughs> wow, there's a, a car revving. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah, it's me. <clears throat> okay, sorry. If anybody in the the Winston Salem Piedmont Triad area needs a car worked on, LFR Performance, they gotcha. As you can hear, our vehicles run great. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the second story, so you know. Um. Dyslexia Action. So it's the UK's biggest dyslexia charity. Dyslexia-friendly books were released by Pottermore in 2019. Um, These books got a huge reception. Huge. People loved it. Um, So the English pen. um, I will come back to, or I'll... You'll see, like, where her financial, or her uh, philanthropic associations lie with them in the next section. Um, but if this page will load, I believe, oh, there it goes. So the English pin, um, it is a campaign to defend writers and readers in the UK and around the world whose human right to freedom of expression is at risk. So, um, so Haven Foundation, uh, the mission of the Haven Foundation is to offer interim financial assistance to freelance professionals in the arts who face crises. The foundation's research is the United States, and its awards are granted with the view to helping individuals overcome temporary adversity and return to full-time work. Hmm. Um, I will come back to that one. Sorry, my um, my phone is like slowing down. Okay, she um works with the Reza Gorbachev Foundation. It's a nonprofit organization set up in two thousand and six. The foundation's mission is to raise funds to provide medical treatment to young Russian cancer patients, and to finance research to combat and control the cancer. Um, she works with the Women's Fund of Scotland. And she, uh, so the Women's Fund of Scotland is a grassroots funding to charitable projects and is often the sole supporter of uh, women-led projects. She also works with the XP Family Support Group. I thought this was really interesting. That's something I've never heard of. Um, So what this is, is exeroderma pigmentosum 
also known as XP, is a rare inherited disease affecting both males and females. It causes a person to be extremely sensitive to damaging effects of ultraviolet radiation. Undiagnosed and untreated exoderma pigmentosum can lead to early onset of skin cancer and blindness in approximately 20%. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um in, in approximately 20% of people with exoderma pigmentosum also develop progressive neurological disease. So, um, Yell at the window and tell him I, to stop it. I know. I know. He'll stop eventually. Did he drive away? Because it sounds like he just <laughs> no. drove away. She's oh. driving the engine. This is, he's Robin. When I say he's a big kid, I'm not joking. He's a big kid. I'm gonna make him listen to this, and please know that even though it's your birthday, Randall, I'm very, very annoyed with you. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so help me God when I get my hands on that man. Oh, oh God, that was funny. Yeah, I swear he did it on purpose. Okay, so Joe has donated a complete science set of Harry Potter books uh, to the XP, uh, the XP family charity. Uh, the books are up on sale. We're up on sale for eBay for about. 2,750 pounds. It doesn't say what it uh, ended up going for. Alright, so um, do you guys know who Madeline McCann is? I was just reading ahead and I have no idea. Okay, so Madeline McCann was a little girl. Um, She's from somewhere in England. I can't remember where. Her and her family uh, in 2007 were on vacation in Portugal, and she just disappeared. She was, I think, she was like three years old. Um, oh, yeah. They, she still hasn't been found. So, it, at the time, Joe um, was in contact with the family, and you know all of that. But recently, Joe helped Kate McCann, who's Madeline's mother, um, to write a book about the about Maddie's disappearance. And the proceeds from the book are going to be used to pay private detectives who are still working on finding Maddie. Um, I found this extremely interesting because I I love the Jacobite Rebellion. I love the fight for Scottish independence. I romanticize it and I think it's very interesting. So anyway, um, Joe donated a million pounds to the Better Together campaign. Now, what this Better Together campaign is, it's a campaign um, against Scottish independence. So in 2014, I believe it was, there was a... um, I can't remember what they call them in the UK, but basically what they did, it, it was, I think it was kind of like what we would have done. Like it went to a vote to whether Scotland got their independence or not. It fell. Scotland is still part of um, uh, Great Britain. So um, I also have this um, beautiful article that Joe wrote for, I believe she wrote it for the guardian. Um, 
it's about um, how we should no longer have orphanages. Um, she's, it's an opinion topic. It says, isn't it time we left orphanages to fairy tales? So I will post that as well. Um, so multiple sclerosis is something that was is very dear to Joe. Um, she lost her mother when she was, I think she was a teenager, um, to MS. I'm gonna, can I stop you for just yep. one moment? Yep. Where in God's name does this woman find time to actually write a book? I have no idea. <laughs> That's why she checked herself I into mean, a hotel. I mean, no, but I mean, after Harry Potter and she's made all this money and now she's doing all this charity stuff. How can you write a book beyond that? It's I, I, my brain has exploded. I know. but I, I, I mean, I'm like, really? But I mean, like, that's her full time. I, I, I think I look at it like this. Like, these charities are her full time job. So, I I know, but she's writing books and screenplays in between all this. Yeah, but like, like, do you sleep? I don't know. She got kids, so no, I mean, that is no. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm flabbergasted (laughs) as to all that she does. It's just amazing to me. It's just, it just puts me on the floor. Wow. Okay, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, but I was just—I wanted to say something about that. That's just un just it, wow. It's—I know she's amazing. Um, so, uh, Joe has contributed money and support for research and treatment of multiple schooler. I'm just going to MS because I can't say it. That's fine. So her mother died of MS in 1990. Uh, in 2006, Joe contributed a sub- substantial sum towards the center. Uh, towards the creation of a new center for regenerative medicine at Edinburgh University, which is later named the Anne Rowling Regenerative Neurology Clinic. In 2010, she donated another £10 million to the center. Um, I think she, in total, she don't, I want to say she donated like £25 million to the center, I think it was. Um, in 2019, yeah, here it is. In 2019, a further 15 million dollar or 15 million pounds uh, was donated for unknown reasons. Uh, Scotland, which is called the Rawlings Country of Adoption, has the highest rate of MS in the world. In 2003, Joe took part in a campaign to establish a national standard of care for MS sufferers. In April 2009, she announced that she was withdrawing her support for the Multiple Sclerosis Society of Scotland, citing her inability to resolve an ongoing feud between the organization's northern and southern branches that had sapped morale and led to several resignations. I wonder why they have the highest rate. I wonder what. I wonder what. It says for reason. Reason in is well in that area. It literally says for unknown reasons. So. Well, and and I wonder. I I understand what you're saying. Like, I wonder if it's like a genetic thing. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like maybe or, or environmental. Well, I don't know because we have. It could be. I mean, because they're. I mean, because they're north, further north than like Britain. Right. But I mean, if that's the case, then you would expect like any. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because they wear kilts. Don't insult the Scottish person of the podcast, Robin. What is the matter with you? 
I'm just kidding. I will smite you. I will speak Gaelic to you and confuse you. I'm Irish. They wear kilts, too. That's true. And they speak Gaelic. I mean, you know, just curious. All right. I mean, somebody should do research on that. I mean, that just is weird. I feel like they are. I I feel like it is is a question that people way smarter than me get to ponder. (laughs) That's well, sure. Um, in May of 2008, um, Joe and about 12 other writers, which Margaret Atwood, um, Neil Gaiman, who wrote um, American Gods, and those are about all the ones I know. Margaret Atwood wrote um, uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, so they were all composed a short piece of their own choosing on a single A5 card, which don't, I don't know how big that is. Those are three by fives, aren't okay. they? Three by five cards. I think so. Um, yeah, three by fives. But then they sold them at auction, um, which this auction um, was for the dyslexia action and English pen. So Joe contributed an 800 word Harry Potter prequel that concerns Harry's father, James Potter, and godfather, Sirius Black, and takes place three years before Harry was born. The cards were collected and sold for charity in book form in August of 2008. I would die to read that. Oh my gosh, no kidding. Like. Wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Um, so on the. The 1st and 2nd of August in 2006, she read alongside Stephen King and John Irving at Radio City Music Hall in New York City. Profits from the event were donated to the Haven Foundation, a charity the AIDS artists and performance left in uninsurable and unable to work. The medical NGO, Spanish word, um, in May 2007, Rowling pledged a donation reported as over 250,000 pounds as a reward fund started. This is okay. So sorry. This is the Madeline McCann stuff. Um, 2007, Rowling pledged a donation as over 250,000 pounds to a reward fund started by the tabloid News of the World for the safe return of a young British girl, Madeline McCann, who disappeared in Portugal. Joe, along with Nelson Mandela, Al Gore, and Alan Greenspan, wrote an introduction to a collection of Gordon Brown's speeches, the proceeds of which were donated to Jennifer Brown Research Laboratory. After her exposure as the true author of The Cuckoo's Calling led to massive increase in sales, Joe announced that she would donate all of her royalties to the Army Benevolent Fund, claiming she had always intended to but never expected the book to be a bestseller. Rowling is a member of both English Pen and Scottish Pen. She was one of the 50 authors to contribute to first edition Second Thoughts and a, char- a charity for English Pen. Each author hand-annotated a first edition copy of their books. In Rowling's case, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. The book was the highest selling lot of the event and fetched 150,000 pounds or $228,000. So, Rowling was a supporter of the Shannon Trust, which runs the toe-by-toe reading plan and the Shannon reading plan in prisons across Great Britain, helping giving the, the bleh, helping and giving tutoring to prisoners who cannot read. The woman is. Is there anything she cannot do? Uh, appease her followers. 
Uh, I mean, you know, you got haters. I don't. I'm not even gonna get into that whole. I'm not even getting because people have taken it the wrong way and they don't understand and they didn't get into exactly what she was talking about and she let it go. She said her piece and she was done with it. So I'm not getting into that. I I know what she was talking about because I did my research. Right. So you can get mad if you want at me. I don't care. Yep. She didn't do anything wrong. And she's not, there is no hate in her. So you can get over it. I mean, literally, I just spent, what, the last half an hour, I don't even know, 45 minutes-ish, talking about all the good this woman has done. So I want nothing to do with the show haters. Nothing. Yeah. Okay, Jules, you're up. It is now your turn to shine. Oh, my turn. Okay, so I'm going to cover religion, um, Joe's religion, and how religion has played into the Harry Potter books. Um, over the years, some religious people, particularly Christians, have decried Rowling's books for supposedly promoting witchcraft. Rowling identifies as a Christian. She once said, I believe in God, not magic. What? Okay. Um, Early on, she felt that if readers knew of her Christian beliefs, they would be able to predict plot lines of characters in her books. In 2007, Rowling said that she was the only one in her family who went regularly to church. She was an adherent. She was an adherent of the Church of England. As a student, she became annoyed at the smugness of religious people and attended less often, which I think kind of happens to the best of us. Oh, girl! I agree. Yes. Yep. I, mean, uh, I consider, and, and I don't know. If I'm going to interject here. I consider myself a disciple of Christ, not a Christian, because Christian is a, is becoming a very bad word. Yeah. I'd rather be a disciple of Christ and do what Christ said, which is love your neighbor as yourself. And then you got two commandments, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And none of this, well, I'm going to judge you. You ain't got the right to judge me. You're not God. Right. And along the same lines, Robin, like I, I, I agree that, that calling yourself a Christian anymore kind of has a negative annotation. So if I'm asked, I'm a and- I believe. Well, you're, you, yeah, you believe. Here's the other problem. I say I'm Christian and then I go, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Oh, Lord. Yeah. There's conniptions happening all over the place. Was- I mean, people just have, they're like, you can't be that. You can't be gay and be Christian. Well, I'm sorry. I gave my soul to Jesus Christ and he said it was okay. And you can't sit here and judge me and be Christian. So Exactly. What now? Okay. So I like to call my, in fact, uh, a pastor of mine. He came up with that term. Uh, a dis- he he says, "I don't want to be known as Christian. I'd rather be a disciple of Christ." And I said, "I am still in that and using that." He said, "You go right ahead and pass it on." Yeah. So I consider myself a disciple of Christ. I like it. I'm kind of struggling with my own personal religion, but that's a whole other story for a whole other day. But again, like I think, I think that's something we all go through, and that's it's it's another like way we can relate. Religion. Water books, you know, right? Religion is so hard because there are so many different sects within one religion, and religion has always been man's attempt to get to God. And God said, "You don't need to do that. I'm going to send you my son." 
So you just need to have that. And there are people out there who absolutely have conniption fits. If you are not within a certain sect or if you're in a certain sect and it doesn't, you know, jive with their sect. Yeah. I mean, can't we all just get along? I mean, what is the problem? Right. I mean, right now, even with the crazy people, the majority of the world is actually getting along and staying safe and keeping their butts in the house. I mean, there's still crazy people out there, but you know, the majority of the world is actually doing this. Yeah. And it took a scare of death to do that. Yeah. I saw a map on that side. Um, I saw a map on Facebook put out by one of the news channels. I'll see if I can find it and I'll put it in the group where it shows like the cases of coronavirus, uh, yes. like across the nation. And like the, like yeah. the whole Midwest has like the lowest number of cases right now. Wow. See, and that's crazy to me because Indiana, I think both Indiana and Ohio have more cases than we do in North Carolina. So that's crazy. It's just, it's. Anyway, tangent. Okay. Yep. I mean, Go ahead, tangent, but, but it, it also relates, but. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We'll try to keep our tangents relatable to our topics. <laughs> Sometimes we do other times. Sometimes it doesn't work though. Okay. Later she started to attend a Church of Scotland congregation at the time she was writing Harry Potter. Her eldest daughter Jessica was baptized there. In a 2006 interview with Tatler magazine, Rowling noticed that like Graham Greene, my faith is sometimes about if my faith will return. Wait, my faith is sometimes about if my faith will return. It is important to me. That's beautiful. That is that is beautiful. <laughs> to somebody who is like, who is like, I, I think we can all kind of relate to that right now. Like, my faith is when my faith will return. I love that. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> uh, she has said that she has struggled with doubt and that she believes in an afterlife and that her faith plays a part in her books. In a 2012 radio interview, she said that she was a member of the Scottish Episcopal Church, a province of the Anglican Communion. In 2015, following the referendum on same-sex marriage in Ireland, Rowling joked that if Ireland legalized same-sex marriage, Dumbledore and Gandalf could get married there. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to interject. So at the beginning of this podcast, when we were talking about Dumbledore, who was it that thought that the guy that played Gandalf was the same guy that played Dumbledore in the second Dumbledore? There are two different people. Mm -hmm. I had to correct Sam. Sorry, I just had to. I just thought that was funny that she had said that, and then you were like, "They were it was the same guy." I was like, "No, it ain't." It's his husband, not the same at person. least. Do what? It's his husband, at least. Well, yeah, there, yeah, now, yeah. Dumbledore <laughs> would marry um, Grindelwald. Yeah, if Grindelwald no. if he wasn't crazy. <laughs> yeah. I the Westboro Baptist Church, in response, stated that if the two got married, they would pick it. Oh, it really? They're fictional characters. Calm down. Right. So is the Westboro Baptist Church. They are they're so oh, stupid. They are crazy. 
And not because, like, I don't feel like it's actually because they believe it. It's just because they get attention for being nuts. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rowling responded by saying, alas, the sheer awesomeness of such a union and such a place would blow your tiny bigoted minds out of your thick sloping skulls. <laughs> I love this. Um, I love it. From the queen. Perfect. That's awesome. I love it. The queen. Oh, God. I also wanted, I love I also, like, wanted to bring in a little bit about the religious debates over Harry Potter. Okay. Um, so a num- um, the, the, the religions have a problem because they say that the novels contain occult or satanic subtext. Um, a number of Protestant, Catholic, and Orthodox Christians have argued against the series, as have some Shia and Sunni Muslims. Um, supporters of the series have said that the magic in Harry Potter bears little resemblance to occultism, being more in the vein of fairy tales, such as Cinderella and Snow White, or to the works of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, both of whom are known for writing fantasy novels with Christian subtext. Um, the Harry Potter novels go out of their way to avoid discussing religion at all. Because um, the only time J.K. even mentioned someone of a religious uh, background was, uh, uh, what was his name? The, the kid that Luna Lovegood ends up marrying, Anthony Goldstein. She mentioned, oh, like, yeah, because he's Jewish. Yeah, like she yeah, mentioned Jewish. in a tweet that he was Jewish. Like, that was the only time she ever said anything about anybody right. having any type of religion. I thought Luna married a schematic. It was a Goldstein. No, 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 no. Sam is correct. Oh, yeah, she married, I, I mixed it up with somebody else. She married a commander. She did. She married uh, Newt's grand, great-grandson. Anthony Goldstein was a member of Harry's class. Yeah. And somebody asked, was he Jewish because his last name was Goldstein? And she said yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe he was a Hufflepuff team. Ravenclaw. Okay. He's Ravenclaw. I'm looking at. I'm looking at it now. Now that I googled it, but there was some speculation at some point of whether he was related to T, uh, to Queenie and Jacob. Yeah. Probably. But yeah. I I would love it if he was. Be like, be awesome. Uh. Yeah. Okay, so back over here. Um, in the United States, calls for the books to be banned from schools have led to legal challenges on the grounds that witchcraft is a government-recognized religion and that to allow the books to be held in public schools violates separation of church and state. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? <laughs> are, you ki- are you serious right now? I, that's what it says. Oh, my God. We live in a country of absolute pure idiots. Well, I know that's not. I know they didn't fully ban it because my daughter has taken Harry Potter out of her school library. So, yeah, it's and it's taught in schools in Indiana and Indiana. Well, my brother used to be a teacher, and they had Harry Potter in. Because uh, they had this thing. I went to go visit him one time. And um, I was like, I'm bored. Let me do something. He was like, see that computer over there? And I was like, yeah. He was like, if you read a book and then you take a test, you earn these points. 
uh, for the class. And he goes, there's a Harry Potter. We, he was like, we're, we're allowed to read Harry Potter. There's a Harry Potter quiz on there. I aced it. Oh, Ooh. I think I remember that. <laughs> so you, and you, once you got so many points, like you'd get a pizza at the end of the week for your class or whatever. Yeah. And I think they got, and cause I, I earned a, I did all seven books. I earned them some points. Yeah. And then, Was that the yeah. So do what? Is that the bucket or the accelerated reader? Girl, I don't know. This was like ten years it ago. It sounds like accelerated know. reader. That's exactly. All I know was a computer, and they would. He, you, you had a list of books you could read from, and then you would come in, and then be like, "Mr. Bricky, I read this book," and he would say, "Oh, well, go ahead and take your test." And the tests were like ten minutes long that's, per book. Yeah, that's accelerated. And then you would, if you yeah. got if you got so many right out of the test, then they you would earn points for the class. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I was because I, I came to. I spent the whole day there with him, and I, you know, after lunch, I was like, "I'm bored. Get, like, give me something to do." And he goes, "Go earn some points for the class." I was like, "Done." Robin gets bored in the classroom, and I'm, I walk into a classroom I'm like, "What do you need? Where can you? What can I yeah, do? Help me! Let me! Let me do something!" But, it was the same stuff over and over, and he already had before lunch. There was like four classes, and then after lunch, it was like another three. I was like, "I'm bored. I done heard this four times already." <laughs> I can't. Wait. I mean, can you tell? I'm ready. So, anyway, um, I I just I don't. I, anyway, <laughs> I just don't get it. I I don't I I I don't know why we have to be so combative, combative over certain things. Right. It's a good book. Exactly. Um. It says the Harry Potter books are banned in schools across the United Arab Emirates um, because Islamic scholars argue that the book's magical themes conflict with Islamic teachings. Um, Judaism has um, doesn't have an official stance, but many prominent rabbis have described the Harry Potter books as, as in the words of one, a force for good. Um, okay. okay. So, uh, rolling. I just seen that. Where to go? Um, J.K. Rowling has repeatedly denied that her books lead children into witchcraft. <laughs> um, in an interview with CNN in 1999, she said, "I absolutely did not start writing these books to encourage any Jules. child into witchcraft." Jules. Yeah. Hey Jules. Yeah. Hey Jules. Start that over again. Start that over again. You went out. Oh. Okay. Um, you faded out. Start that. Start that back over again. Um, J.K. Rowling has repeatedly denied that her books led children into witchcraft. In an interview with CNN in 1999, she said, "I absolutely did not start writing these books to encourage any child into witchcraft." I'm laughing slightly because to me the idea is absurd. I have met thousands of children, and not even one time has a child come up to me and said, "Miss Rowling." I'm so glad I've read these books because now I want to be a witch. <laughs> I mean, um, I do want to be a witch. Right, uh, I want to be a witch too. Hold on. I want, a, I want a wand and I want to be able to get Pecto Patronum. I want to be able to do the spells. Look, I just want it. I just want simple. Give me the power to just start to die. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> I got a baby. I got a messy house. Right. We're at an hour and a half. I don't know if you guys want to go with the questions or save those for another episode. 
think we've kind of, I don't think there was anything in there that I just threw that in there because they were just questions. That's it. I don't think there was any, I think most of the stuff we've already, we've covered. Yeah. yeah, I think we covered it. Yeah. All right. So history of magic. Okay. So hold on one second. I was kind of not expecting to be done at that moment, and I like moved my dock, and I have to refine it. So, <laughs> sorry, I I break stuff, guys. <clears throat> dead air. Yep. Dead air. Yep. Gosh. Dead air. Gosh, Samantha. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I broke it. <coughs> my Amazon delivery, my Amazon order is out for delivery, and I wasn't supposed to get it until Tuesday. Yeah, I was supposed to get mine today, and I got it yesterday. I mean, they're doing such a good job keeping up with with all of this stuff. Um. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with them saying, hey, it's going to be here on this day and actually getting it on the yeah. sooner day. Okay. Yeah. So um, in 1107, Guthrie Lachlan, Lachlan of Scotland writes of the discomfort of riding broomsticks. The Scottish wizard described the pain resulting from a short flight on an early broomstick. What's that? Um, so... Julia, could you be a peach and put your Instagram in this doc and then we can copy and paste? Sure thing. All right, social media. All right, so be sure to join us on our Facebook page. You're going away. What are you doing? I can't hear you. Where did did you go? Right here. You put your microphone away from your mouth or something. You it out. Over. My microphone is in my headphones, so I don't know. I must have there you go. Out. Now we can hear you. So you went away somewhere. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Okay. So um, no, now you sound better. So now, now go. Okay. So join our Facebook group, which is Ridiculous Podcast. Or I'm sorry, our Facebook page is Ridiculous Podcast. Our Facebook group is Ridiculous Podcast Group. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. We are Ridiculous Pod. I am Samantha Goddard 03 on Instagram. I am running my pups on Instagram. And I am jstjohn0422 on Instagram. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Next week, we discuss McGonagall. Nick G. The woman. The queen of the Hogwarts books. That's right. And we, I want to say thank you to Jules for joining us and becoming a regular. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So excited about that. So you get to uh, ensue and, and enjoy all this craziness every single week. <laughs> That's, That's okay. Right. Highlight of my week since I'm trapped in the house. Right. No kidding. Mine too. Uh, okay. So thank you for listening, and we hope you come back for more. Potter. We do not need magic to transform the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. J.K. Rowling. Be kind. Use hand sanitizer. Stay six feet away from everybody else. And for the love of Harry Potter, stay home. Yes. Don't touch your face.
don't yes, don't touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.